Good evening, everyone. You're listening to Skip Intro. This is Ayman Rashad, and in the studio with me, as always, is Ian McNally and Julian Yap. And today, we're going to talk about a new movie that's showing on Netflix, and that is The King. Already, I can feel the weight of this crown I wear. I've been forced to rely upon the counsel of men whose loyalty I question every waking moment. I need men around me I can trust. I'm here because you are my friend. King has no friends. King has only followers and foe. So this movie came up maybe came out in theaters maybe September uh, recently a couple of months ago so it has been reviewed before variety praised it as an engrossing royal court historical drama the BBC's Nicholas Barber called it an overly solemn diary of a wimpy king I love that <laughs> <laughs> and the Telegraph's Robbie Collin panned it as a Shakespeare mangling death march trudge that moves like a rhinoceros through porridge so wow. do you guys agree <laughs> with these initial reviews? You've heard the big dogs barking, now it's time for the... You've heard the little, the little dogs barking, dogs. now it's time for the big dog. Yeah. Let's use a quote from the movie. Yeah, it is odd. And this, no one was really clamoring for a Henry V adaptation or... It's not even an adaptation, is it really? It's no. a mis- it, they, it, on Netflix, it's listed as a... It's based on several plays from Shakespeare's Henriad, which yeah. knows a word. Mm-hmm. And, and that's like Henry the Fourth, Part One and Two, and, and all those. Yeah, because it kind of has Ben Mendelsohn as a very, very quick role as yeah. Henry the Fourth, and mm-hmm. then Timothy Chalamet as Henry the Fifth. So yeah, it is set in 15th century England. It kind of sets its tone very off the bat with like a soldier just mercilessly killing a guy, and you know, while giving a witty retort to say you're crawling the wrong way, Scotland's that way, you're crawling towards England. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a very grounded, bloody. That's how they open the film. That's how like, they open you know it. How, where you're going to go from there. Kind of. But from everything I'd heard about this movie, I thought it was going to be about like the wastrel king who kind of learns to be better. But Timothy Chalamet as Henry V, everything he does from the off is kind of good. It is. He's kind of a good king. Mm-hmm. I got the impression this was going to be him learning to be a good king or him being an awful king but kind of failing upwards. He kind of... It starts with him as a drunken boar hanging out with his friends and then his king his his father telling him you're not going to be king because you're awful at it mm-hmm. and then him slowly ending up becoming the king and growing into that role and timothy chalamet is great at that but I, I again i got the impression that it was going to be more of someone who is completely unsu- unsuitable for the job everyone says he's unsuitable for the job yeah but he makes the right decision almost every single time yeah. throughout this movie he may not always act on it perfectly the first time because people convince him like well Maybe, you know, having peace and not murdering people is a good idea, but you need to murder some people first, you know, to keep things moving. There's not even things like, because he's young, he's making, like, flawed decisions or or anything like that. I think that's the expectation. And Mm. I think you can tell that this is Shakespeare and it's an adaptation of Shakespeare because you're going to have an underdog character as a protagonist who is going to do well despite everyone's protestations. Mm -hmm. And... It feels a little bit too perfect, you know. Mm. Every decision that he makes makes sense. Um, everyone can say that no, it's not going to rain. Well, no, of course it's going to rain. Yeah, it's going to work plot out. Says so. Yeah, and the film feels a bit overly long. It's two hours and thirty minutes. Mm. But oh. uh, once you settle in, I think it kind of does make sense. Like you're just seeing um, what we know today as one of England's, I think, most celebrated military kings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if we, it's it's a good 
story of that. Mm. I think going back to what you're talking about, the length, the length kind of plays into it a bit in that there's a, there is too, a little bit too much beginning. You're not you're seeing a lot of stuff happen, but it's not really getting to know his character. Yeah, you don't. And when the decisions that we're talking about come up, uh, come up, it's like where is the threat? Is the threat from within his own uh, mem- court? Count court? Yeah, mm-hmm. there's like it seems to be there are people who are saying, oh, we must go to war with France. But like, are they to be trusted? Are they working with France? Is are they working within themselves to kind of use France as a false flag operation? Mm-hmm. Um. Or is France the enemy or what's going on here? And or is he being tricked by everybody? And it's like it's not clear, and I guess that's maybe what they tried to say. The king doesn't know what where it is to be clear. But in a movie narrative that's taking this long, it, it, it's thirty minutes before he gets to be King Henry V. So all the tension I'm talking about doesn't come up until forty five minutes, fifty minutes, and then it's like, Oh, and now we're going to war. I did say I was not expecting that big battle sequence. I thought this was gonna be a <laughs> small scale. Netflix were shooting in castles. Do you know what? Like, how, big, how big is the battle sequence? See, I saw, I saw a tweet. I can't remember who by, who said, uh, the king does the Battle of the Bastards better than the Battle of the Bastards. Oh, really? Yes. A little bit, yeah. There is an element of that. You can't help but think of Jon Snow when Joel mm-hmm. Edgerton is surrounded by bodies and looking up at the... Again, it's, a, it's the same shot. Uh, yeah. they must it, have been, it's him by himself against all the marching no, no, horses. Not, not that shot. It's the shot okay. from above where he's surrounded by people oh, okay. and kind of uh-huh. trying to get out of the crush. Yes, claustrophobic shot. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just that with more armor yeah yeah Hmm. and more mud but it's also uh i think you don't expect netflix to put out an entire film that has very period faithful very the language language is very shakespearean i think i've not read that much yeah i think you saw this before i didn't and when you mentioned that and i was expecting full-on shakespeare and i was getting a bit worried about two hours 20 (laughs) minutes of full shakespeare i mean you know i like the bard but there's only so much i can handle Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that. I mean, there's elements where they veer towards it. Yeah, and I think the decision there to cast Timothy Chalamet, Joel Edgerton, Robert Pattinson. You need to talk about Robert Pattinson. <laughs> I think the, cho- the, the choices to, to, to cast them, um, one, works because it kind of dra- it pulls out a lot of tension in a lot of very tense, unnecessarily tense, heavy lines where mm. it would kind of disconnect you in this kind of story that is very long, that needs to keep your um, your attention engaged. But it also, when it works, it really works. It makes you feel like you're not, you know, you are watching a king who is trying to find their footing. While in, also not showing weaknesses being the king. Yeah, and also being a young king. I think mm. King Henry took the throne when he was 25 or 26. So, I mean, it makes a lot more sense. But also when it doesn't work, it does feel a little bit weird seeing um, Timothy Chalamet being a king of England in like the 1500s when like... you. This guy looks like he knows what an iPhone. He has an iPhone in his pocket. You know? He looks like a stiff wind would bro- blow him over. Yeah, but also that's what I think a lot of um, adaptations have always done. You know, they've always made them very stoic. Mm-hmm. And Timothy Chalamet kind of makes it work because no, he's unsure. He doesn't know what he's doing, or he thinks he doesn't know what he's doing. And a lot of people underestimate him because of that. He's very lanky and he has mm. the he has his shoulders hunched and he's very quiet. It makes a, sense. There's a bit of the period stuff where they have the hardcore like heavy plate armor. Okay. And uh, there's also some stuff where they strip it down. It's a plot point where they strip it down to just the chainmail stuff and he does look a little bit like on the battlefield in the later acts. He does look like a Joy Division fan who's going to a gig. Like <laughs> it looks like a he looks like a bruiser in a sweater. He does a bit, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I mean it's an interesting look and I think it's also an interesting performance when he gets to do the Braveheart speech yeah and his voice is you know very clearly they pulled back Mm -hmm. and it's like one person with no megaphone 
shouting at these people and his voice is cracking and like scre- he's almost screaming mm-hmm. and I thought that was fantastic it I was mean, great. It's a really great I mean yeah. I'm not hugely you know enamored with the uh, the content of the speech he's all like this is in- they're in France like this is England the spaces between you is England you know he's just screaming at his lungs mm-hmm. Joel Edgerton is great as well he just has this he's basically I kept thinking of Oliver Reed in Gladiator but it's not even that oh, okay. it's that kind of wizened warrior kind of give- he actually he dresses like a Jedi at points he he's does. giving he's giving that you know kind of counsel to a younger man but like mm-hmm. a lot of the time he's just there to basically just prick the expectations of other people that they have of themselves everyone who's getting a bit haughty he's just like yeah you could do that but you'd be an idiot kind I of think thing. you kind of um, he's just there you know he a lot he even has the line he says I don't speak when I, unless I feel like I have to speak mm. and um, he's a bit like Jorah Mormont yes <laughs> but he was also one of my most he was one of my favorite characters in this because mm. I just wanted to see what Joel Edgerton was gonna say because he is um an, a celebrated knight who has fallen hmm. or he doesn't have the prestige that he used to have. He goes so around he, robbing people and drinking. Yeah, oh, like. but he has, you know, the the war, the war battle, the battlefield smarts to mm. carry you through and you kind of just wait for him to show up. So we also have to talk about Robert Pattinson in this movie. I think I had heard he was in it. I didn't expect what he was going to be. He turns up as the Dauphin who is the son of the King of France mm-hmm. and he's playing sparkly vampire prince almost. I love... Robert Pattinson. He has fantastic hair. He has great hair. <laughs> and apparently Robert Pattinson, for anyone who hasn't seen it and needs a reason to watch this, he's modeled his French accent after all the fashion houses that he's worked with. Oh, really? Apparently, <laughs> when he modeled for Dior. That makes so much sense. It does. <laughs> and he's just like sneering and like, let us go and make famous this little field. Like he literally talks like that. He's just sitting loush. He's lounging on he thrones. Does. But when he's not sitting down, when he when he is kind of predatory, he is kind of scary in yeah. the mm. off-putting way that he's very gaunt and he his hair is covering most of his face in a bit of a Crispin Glover kind of way in mm. Charlie's Angels. It's lank. Yeah, it is. But it's also Robert Pattinson's like one of the most interesting actors because he we treated him horribly and now he is hot boy of the minute 2020 you've got timothy chalamet who's hot boy of the minute 2017 Mm -hmm. so of course netflix knew exactly what they were doing when they were casting both of them in this Mm -hmm. because they knew exactly what kind of audience they were going to get and you know what they they pulled it off really well Mm -hmm. i think robert i've seen a few people say that um the humor and the comedy in that kind of pulls you out of it a little bit the last scene he's in yeah no all of it oh yeah there's an element of all of it but that last scene is is hilarious hilarious and ridiculous and i still don't know whether it breaks the film it got a bit crazy and it's fun so we've been talking about the new film that's showing on netflix called the king starring timothy chalamet joel edgerton robert pattinson and others so let us know if you guys are interested to watch it you can whatsapp us at 018-789-8899 tweet us at skip intro my and you can write us at movies at bfm.my and coming up we're going to continue our conversation on skip intro bfm 89.9 Brainy, fancy material. BFM 89.9. Hello everyone, you're back with us on Skip Intro. This is Ayman, Ian and Julian. And earlier we were talking about uh, The King, starring Timothy Chalamet, Joel Edgerton and Robert Pattinson. So, of course, as the title suggests, it's about a king. And there's been a lot of movies before this as well that have uh, covered the royal family kings and queens and princes and everything in between so we thought we'd talk about some of our favorite and some of our 
least favorite ones uh, for, for the remaining uh, of the show. <laughs> so Ian, what have I got? Let's hear yours. The first one that sprung to mind for me was Claire Foy in The Crown, purely because I think she gets one of the most amount of time to yeah. kind of fulfill the role. She's like in a mm. best performance monarch kind of style. Um, she got to play the Queen in two seasons, I think, of The Crown. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Queen Elizabeth I. Um, you we'll know, get to is, see Olivia Coleman be her in the next one. Yes. Um, there's a, I've mentioned them before. There's a Patrick, Patrick H. Willems video where they talk about the Windsor Cinematic Universe because <laughs> there is like enough stories around certain things that you can tie them all together. Like her father was Colin Firth in The King's Speech. She, he wasn't supposed to be king and he had trouble with his stutter. She wasn't supposed to be queen, but she was already a teen, I think, by the time she yeah. was in line for the throne. So you get to see Claire Foy wrestle with someone who was supposed to be queen, be queen, her per- fantastic, you know, just chemistry and weirdness with uh, Prince Philip, the yeah. way that she says Philip. And just like, she has millions of ways to disdain her feckless <laughs> consort through just saying Philip. Yeah. Brilliant. I love her. And also it's obviously it's hard portraying a younger version of an existing living queen <laughs> yeah. who is still on the throne. In the country you live in. in. The, yeah. <laughs> but and to do it so well, even though it's a show that looks into the personal life of, of, of a monarch, mm. but still have the time to put forward a very public character while still being very private. Yeah. I think she's mm-hmm. done that incredibly well. And I think a lot of the times I, I have heard people say that she's she's not acting she's just sitting there she's just being quiet like the way that she holds herself yeah. like the way she sits and the way that she just moves and reacts to people around her it feels regal and i don't know how queens are supposed to act but it feels right those people need to go watch claire foy in the girl in the spider's web i think was that the one the <laughs> yeah. millennium trilogy book yeah. that she did where it's like as far as you can get from the queen because like i only know her as the queen so when i see yeah. her in anything else now it's like that's weird. Mm-hmm. Why is the queen a punk? <laughs> <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on uh, Olivia Coleman playing the older version of, of the queen? That's perfect. Mm. I don't know who else would be a better queen. Olivia Coleman has that, um, you can be a little bit terrified of her, but the second the cameras come off, I feel like you are going to feel like she is a warm person. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, the kind of person that Claire Foy has developed in the show so far. And she already had a warm up as a monarch in the favorite right yeah yeah <laughs> so she's perfect yeah. and i mean it's only that perfect casting is only matched by you know she's a princess still but helena bottom carter will be playing princess margaret mm-hmm. who i mean i know who princess margaret is grow, growing up so it was weird to see vanessa kirby player as this <laughs> yeah. like wild crazy woman is and it now, completely different than how you knew yeah you just you know you have a different uh, image in your mind and mm-hmm. now you're going to see helena bottom carter who's amazing play the same character it's going to be it's going to be hugely interesting mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Julian, what, what are your favourites so far? One of my favourites would have to be Eddie Redmayne as Balaam Abrasex from Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> <laughs> because that, I don't remember the plot. Who needs to remember the plot of Jupiter Ascending as well? There's you bees, know, plot, plot space dog man, yeah. it's all good. Yeah, all you have to remember is Eddie Redmayne Talking like this all the time. <laughs> he talks like Baron Greenback from the old Deja Mouse cartoon, except when he screams, which is every 30 to 50 seconds. Yeah, he looks like every vein in his body is going <laughs> to explode. And he feels like he commands the room. Of course he's going to command the room, because if you don't give him what he wants, he's going to kill you. Yeah. That's exactly what kings do. <laughs> and it feels like your universe is going to get eaten by him so that he can stay young forever, and that's fine. All of the royalty in that is great. You- I, I, I did not expect this choice (laughs) (laughs) follow up (laughs) (laughs) but I think we cannot talk about 
royal families without talking about, you know, perhaps everyone's favorite king and prince, which is Mufasa and Simba. <laughs> <laughs> went through all kinds of things you know as a child mm. uh, the trauma from the death of his father and uh, leaving his uh, royal roots to become one with Timon and Pumbaa and like, one. <laughs> living the Hakuna Mutata life and being one with the people you know like it's like a bit like Christian Bale's Batman you gotta be like you gotta know the criminals if you wanna like be a good crime fighter so it's, Simba it's, it's almost Shakespearean oh yeah. wait hang on <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, so Simba got to know the people before he became king, and that's yeah. why I think he's a pretty good king. I don't know. I think he's, they're pretty good when it comes to certain things. I always have this, some problems you can get with Mufasa and Simba. It's just like, yeah, we just we eat whatever we want. The circle of life take care of everything else. It's like, you know, they're not their policies on the Green New Deal is not very good, mm-hmm. I think. I think. We need some work on that. Mm-hmm. I think, the, obviously, one of the best parts about Simba being king is the finding yourself, finding the king in yourself, and being the king that you want to be, mm. right? And then you've got a great, you've got a great little song of when you're going to ascend the throne. But also, the way that Simba was treated by Scar before he was sent away, the amount of... Negging? Yeah. The amount of <laughs> negging, the gaslighting, even yeah. like the fact that he even came back and pulled himself back to the Pride Lads is incredible. <laughs> I think we can't, uh, we can't uh, leave without saying, talking about, like, you know, we've talked about best monarchs, worst monarchs, but I think like the most monarch has to be Dame Ju- Judy Dench. <laughs> oh, she's, yeah. Of she's course. done it so many bloody times. She's probably she, played everyone now, by now. Well, she's played, uh, even looking back through her history, I was like, I was looking through her, I just went through her IMDb and did the control F for Queen. And it's just like, <laughs> A lot more in there than I thought there was. Um, she was even back in 1968. She was playing Queen Titania in a, an adaptation of A Midsummer's Night's Dream. Ooh. She played famously Queen Elizabeth in Shakespeare in Love, where she won an Oscar for. I think yeah, she's Oscar. terrifying in that. Very terrifying cold. in that. Then she played Queen Victoria twice in Mrs. Brown and Victoria and Abdul, both great. And then mm-hmm. in 2017's Murder on the Orient Express, she played uh, Princess Dragon Dragomirov. So. I don't know Henry V that well. Is Mistress Nell close? It's Mistress Nell, I presume she's a mistress of a king, so I presume that's close enough as well. She did that in 1989. But, I mean, she's Dame Judi Dench. I think it's the highest she can go in the hierarchy, but yeah. I reckon that like if she could, people would make her a queen. But there's yeah, also definitely. how many actors and actresses have that kind of level of, you know, there are only like five that you'd go for yeah. if you wanted to play a monarch. Even just the change from Elizabeth to Victoria. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was who was uh, Elizabeth in the Golden Age and things like that? That wasn't Kate Blanchett, it was the other one, was it? Oh, was Kate Blanchett? It was, yeah. It was Kate Blanchett. One. I don't think I can see Kate Blanchett playing Queen Victoria, maybe mm. in another 50 years, she, maybe in 100 years, because she doesn't seem to age at all. <laughs> Never. But that's the thing. So now we have Judy Dench, or if you want, you can go to Helen Mirren mm-hmm. or Maggie Smith. You mm. know, there aren't too, too many to choose from. Yeah. So. All three of them need to be in a movie that's like about the warrior queen Bodicea and her like friends just tearing tearing through the Middle Ages. That'd be great. It's like red. <laughs> yes. But, <laughs> but only <queens>. better. <laughs> so that was our review of The King and also some of the movies that we like or we don't necessarily like about uh, some of the portrayals of uh, members of the royal family, Queen Victoria, Elizabeth and whatnot. 
So, let us know what are your favourite portrayals of kings and queens in movies and TV shows. WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899, tweet us at skipintromy, or write us at movies at bfm.my.